In the early 21st century, magic reawakened on Earth, and alongside it, a new human race of orcs, elves, trolls, dwarves, and others. Humanity became meta-humanity. Technology proliferated and greatly advanced in the awakened world as global megacorporations seized ever more power, becoming de facto states with their own laws, courts, and armed forces. The corporations attempt to control all aspects of modern life. This has led to a vast and complex criminal underground which works for and against corporate interests. The independent career criminals who do what others can't or won't are called shadow runners. The year is 2102. Welcome to Fun City. This episode of Fun City contains extended descriptions of police violence. Previously on Fun City, Lux visits the home of Tariq Jabala, a victim of Evo's supposed experiments, but learns very little about how or why Tariq ended up in an assistive robotic frame after seeking care for a rare infection. While Lux relates his frustrations with the lack of clear clues to the team, they notice an anti-police demonstration forming in Lower Manhattan and follow it north through Chinatown, Chelsea, and into Midtown through the southern border of the Seder Krupp corporate enclave. There, while giving an impassioned speech about the necessity yet insufficiency of public demonstrations and the need to work together on pressuring politicians directly in the hopes of ridding the city of its scourge of police, a demonstration leader is interrupted by knight-errant peace agents who announce the creation of a well-being and mindfulness zone. They ask the demonstrators to exit the enclave, but give them no obvious pathway to exit. This, just as two Evo-branded MetroCare HealthCorp medevac helicopters descend through the clouds and the rain, landing a stone's throw from the crowd in Bryant Park. We join the team now as the demonstrators and the knight-errant peace agents continue their standoff. How many medevacs came one? There are two helicopters. They are quite large. You would guess that each one of them could probably hold maybe 50 people. Wow. And there's no exits. It's cops on three sides, but not in closing in behind us. It's cops on two sides and buildings on two other sides. Are the buildings accessible? The buildings are not accessible, no. One of them is uh, the side of the library, which is totally like windowless, except up at the like fifth floor. And then uh, there is the hippodrome, which doesn't have any windows in it in that side. So now you're staring down this line of night errant guards. Uh, they are approaching towards you. They've just fired some robot bugs to tie a bunch of people up into some goo. You have the Metro Health Medevac first responders coming at you from the other side. You're surrounded by hundreds of people who are basically like holding their breath. What do you all want to do? Okay, um, point of order. TK is not surrounded. TK is in a tree. I stand corrected. TK's tree is surrounded. <clears throat> All right. TK's in the tree. He sees everybody getting pushed in. He knows exactly what's going on. He's seen enough protests to know. And he's going to come up with a plan. His immediate thought is to look down at the ground to see um, if there's an entrance to the underground anywhere. It's step one of his plan. When you say underground, you... Like, so we're on the superstructure, right? There's a Manhattan below the Manhattan that we're currently on. Yeah, you're, you're in Manhattan, you're on the island, so there is a, a huge piece of uh, engineering marvel that the city is built upon where you are. I would say, and I'm going to give this to TK because I know that he has a background in, like, urban, like urban yeah. lore. Yeah. 
It's right? in the character sheet. <laughs> yeah. There is a rumor about Bryant Park specifically that it has a series of underground tunnels that connect all of the shopping kiosks um, <laughs> because there's no doors on the shopping kiosks. Uh, so it's like when you're transacting business with someone or whatever and they have to leave, they never leave through something that you see on the surface. They like walk down a flight of stairs or something. So there's all of this sort of like rumor, sort of like there's rumors about Disney World uh, that like there's secret underground tunnels that connect everything. There's a sense or a, yeah, a rumor. There's this idea that that also exists at Bryant Park and that there's an entrance to those underground tunnels and presumably some other aspect of underneath the superstructure in each of the shopping kiosks. And you're looking down and you see, you know, a dozen or so of them. Okay. Um, TK's going to calm the group. Guys, uh, I don't know if you've, you've figured this out yet, but you're, you're surrounded. Uh. I'm not, but you are. We can see that. Uh, uh, these... I, I, I have a plan. I have a plan. Oh, oh okay? good, good, good. So you see how everybody's still? We're, we're, shit's about to go down, but we, we can make it go down the way that we want it to. I have an idea. I'm going to create a distraction away from everybody, away from all of us. This might be our shot to get to the Evo Med people, because I could see, the, you know, I don't know why they have, like, there's no red crosses, but they're appropriating the theme, and they're not they are not medics. What do you want us to do, TK? Okay, uh, I want you to just wait for the distraction, and I, I'm going to try and get in one of the helicopters. What? You're going to yeah. get in a helicopter? I'm going to try. Okay, but Lux, whatever... I also think you should be in this helicopter. TK, I believe that I could maybe get one of these guys' uniforms and get in the helicopter, but I don't know how long you're going to last in the helicopter unless you're hiding in there. I'll meet you at the helicopter. We'll figure it out there. Do you okay. hear a shuffling behind you as the ring of night errant peace agents, everyone takes a step forward. As they all lockstep move forward, uh, you hear a loud discharge. It sounds like a small muffled explosion and a whooshing sound passes over your head. And you, some of you maybe like instinctively follow it. And some of the people who are around you, they also instinctively follow this sound. It's like, bang, and you hear from behind you in the direction of the half shell where that person was giving their impassioned plea that, you know, you need to fight the power that is uh, taking over New York City. You hear a, like a thwack and a crunch and you hear someone just go, and you turn around and you look and you see it's that person. And he is just grabbing his midsection and you see a beanbag fall to the ground. And, and he's bent over at the midsection and you can't hear it because it's far away but you can see him trying to catch his breath and he just keels over and as soon as he keels over everyone who is in that crowd around you just panics and there is screaming you basically see one of three things happen it's like one you know every person takes one of three actions one of those actions is they turn back around, they look at Knight Errant, they put their hands in the air, and they start swearing and shouting, telling them to go fuck themselves, telling them that they've made a big mistake, basically now starting to push you towards them as they try to just rush this group of cops, of as Taylor called them, peace agents. Another group of people immediately cowers. Uh, they just, they duck, they cover, and they kind of scatter, and they go all around uh, Bryant Park, um, hiding in shadows, hiding underneath tables that are around, uh, hugging trees, just sort of like 
you know, someone got hit by a beanbag, they don't want to get hit by a beanbag. And then you see another group of people that just tries to like head to the edges. They're just going right to uh, where it seems like they might be able to squeeze through the line of night errant cops. And at least in these brief seconds, when you first see them start to try, they are not having any luck. They're just pushing against an impenetrable wall of white, like armored plastic. Lux is like, oh shit, I didn't know it was gonna get here this fast like this. He thought that when the clocks ticked down, the drones started, you know, wrapping people up and early. And he was like, okay, so we could think about what we're going to do. Now he is done talking. He is just uh, done thinking about things. He's just like, TK, we need that distraction now. Lash, do something about these drones. Viv, I need one of these guys' suits. Knock one out. Um, and, he's, and he's pointing at one of the uh, the Evo um, health uh, people. You see two medevac uh, first responders go up the staircases on either side of the half shell, and they are putting that person who is giving the speech onto one of those, like, yeah, hand cart gurney two-wheeled things. They're strapping him in, strapping him down, and he's breathing heavily and clutching his chest, and they're wheeling him off and bringing him back towards those two giant helicopters that landed a few minutes ago. And from the PA, you hear... Speaking as members of the Knight Eric Peace Agent community, we find your resistance to the current peace unproductive. Please <laughs> stop being toxic. Uh, okay, TK, here's Lux. Uh, he's going to take out his combat axe and his mini welder. Uh, he's going to wrench the canister from the welder, cut it with the combat axe, and turn on elemental strike. Oh, no. And then chuck the flaming canister Whoa. at a helicopter. That's a distraction. That is a distraction. Yeah, no one could deny that is distracting. That is very distracting. If you can survive this move, Mike, it'll be hard to tell them it's not a distraction. I'm thinking of ways that this would not be distracting, and I can't think of one. I cannot think of one. Here's the here's the second thing. The second thing he's he There's wants to use another his, thing. Yeah, he he he's gonna try and use his grapple hand to chuck it, so it's like he's got more more velocity when he whips okay. his arm around got more fucking sweet and distracting. Centripetal force? Because the, the helicopters are far away and he wants to get what is a bomb over the initial line of Night Errant Guard, so they have to turn around. Um, so, first things first, you need to surmount the challenge of creating uh, an improvised explosive device that you're going to throw at a helicopter. And for that, I will just ask you to roll logic plus your demolitions skill. Knew it was going to come in handy. I fucking knew it. I would like you to match or beat four. I don't know if I'm going to be able to do this. Oh, boy. So cool. Here we go. One hit. If you have edge, you can spend it. Use it. It's time to spend some edge. Spend some edge. <laughs> I'm going to reroll those dice. I have two edge. Now I have one edge. Make sure you explode your sixes. Yeah, I'm exploding my sixes. I'm trying to explode this helicopter, too. Absolutely. Yourself another edge One hit. That. Gosh, bless it. That's a two. I can't wait to see what happens. Yeah. <laughs> oh, no. Do you want to keep spending edge, or... Can I do it? I mean, like... <laughs> Yeah, I'll let you spend as much edge as you want. All right, I'm, I need, I got, we're, we're taking the edge down to zero. This is it, this is the last chance. Four dice, two hits, I need two hits. Come on, fucking Shadowrun. Glitch! No! no! Whammy! Hey, look, 
I think whatever happens gonna be distracting. <laughs> That's yeah. true. I mean, even if it's just you screaming. Yeah, screaming and just guy screaming in a tree at yeah. this time. So this <sighs> is so. <laughs> if you're gonna be in a burning tree, you should uh, shout some religious commandments yeah. to whoever looks wisest next to you. So he gets out his axe. He's trying to like make a hole in the canister that like is a small hole, uh, <laughs> so the gas comes out, you know, slowly. <laughs> And I guess he makes like a big hole. This, yeah. But again, this is why Shadowrun is a bad game. Shit like that. <laughs> so, I mean, I'm about to have a great time. Um, <laughs> yes. Let Mike have his fun. So TK is up in the tree trying to make this, uh, you know, grenade, essentially this little bomb that he wants to throw into the uh, helicopter. And he's struggling. It's, it's difficult. It's a combination of hanging onto the tree, uh, using a tool that's not meant to do this on something uh, that is, you know, maybe not entirely familiar. And all of you looking down from above, looking up at TK, uh, insofar as you can see him, it's getting darker. Uh, it is, I don't know if you remember, it's raining. Uh, it's not like a poor but, you know, there's a lot of mist in the air. Uh, the air is very heavy. It's like a little cold. You're watching him struggle. Viv is looking toward the stage. It says, Lux, do we want to go over there? Uh, I think at this point, like, Lux, when he said that to you, he was pointing at the closest Evo uh, health person. Which is on the stage, right? Uh, probably the closest one is Whatever on the stage. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Do you want to come with me? Yeah. She locks arms with you and okay. says, uh, Lash, will you be okay? She doesn't respond. She's running towards the group of people who are like kind of surrendering. Never mind. Lux, hold on tight. Jen, as you uh, hook arms with Lux and you turn around, you face a bunch of people who are shouting at the top of their lungs at Knight Errant. And, uh, you know, they look at you. They're like, they're screaming right in your face. Not at you, but like people are mad and they are pushing. Like you are being sort of you know, ushered uh, towards this line of knight errants. Like you're at a very, um, you know, aggressive concert being pushed towards the front of the show. Okay, so we've established it's raining. Yes. Viv uh, says as calmly as possible to Lux, take a deep breath, will you? Uh, Lux is having a hard time doing this. He's very, like, scared and on edge, and he tries to take a moment to close his eyes and, and do what Viv says. In seconds, thousands of krill come out from behind Viv, and they swarm to the fronts of their bodies, covering their faces and kind of mixing with the mist in the air and the rain. Um, and because there are thousands, they start to multiply, becoming sort of lubricant as they are being pushed from side to side. It's creating sort of a, a stinky seaweed-like layer between... Who, who are they on? Uh, so the krill is gathering around Lux and Viv. Lux and Viv. Okay, all right, I see. Because they're holding on to each other. Yes. And it's starting to become slippery. And so people, instead of rubbing shoulders against them now, are starting to slip off. And as you start to do this, you start to hear some people stop screaming, or maybe start screaming, but for a different reason. <laughs> yeah, and that's, that's what Lux is doing. <laughs> and people like some people get out of the way. Uh, you don't have to, like, push your way past anyone. And you actually hear probably a few people be like, oh, fuck, she on our side. I hope she's on our side. And so Viv just starts walking forward and, and pulls Lux's arm. Uh, Lux is so beyond freaked out. Um, <laughs> maybe the weirdest, worst thing that you've ever felt. Doesn't necessarily feel like they're eating him or anything, but it is not comfortable, and he just follows Viv because he doesn't know what would happen if he didn't. So they're making their way toward the stage. 
What's Lash up to? The lashes run over to the group uh, of people who are kind of like throwing their arms up like, oh, like kind of just trying to hide herself in that area. And once she gets there, she immediately kind of locks eyes with one of these uh, bug drones and she casts a puppeteer on it. Do you want to control one of the drones that has the clock on it, or do you want to control one of the robots that's running around trying to cinch people up in nets of goo? One of the robots that is cinching in goo. Okay, so that's like they're just going around in the middle of the park, like between people, so sort of like skittering about and yeah. Yeah, one of those. Okay, as everybody is spreading out and people are running around and it's sort of like pandemonium, you see uh, a couple of them behind the uh, half dome uh, where that person gave their speech and, yeah, just moving from person to person. You can tell they're slowing down a little bit and, like, maybe, like, some of them have a finite amount of goo inside of them. But, uh, yeah, they're still hard at work trying to cinch up people's ankles, trying to jump on people's chests and restrain their arms. Um, so she casts Puppeteer on the one that's closest by, and... It's uh, crawling up the leg of a woman who's got very, very short hair uh, and is wearing all black and has a black sleeve tattoo that looks like it's a bunch of thorns. Um, and she's trying to bat it off, but uh, she, she can't get it. Oof. I got eight hits. Ooh. Ooh. Nice. You took all of my luck. That is a critical success. What is this like? What happens? Yes. So Lash, as soon as she, you know, gets over to the area and she kind of goes down on her knees as well, kind of trying to blend down with the crowd, all of them are kind of like hands up. So she kind of blends into the area. That way she could focus in on one of these bug drone things, creepy crawlies. She casts <laughs> Puppeteer on this drone because what she wants this drone to do is she wants it to go over to the locked line of night errant officers and start shooting at the night errant officers so that the crowd can start to make their escape. Yeah, you hear it. It goes like, makes a bunch of confused buzzing noises. And then this woman, like, as it pauses, she bats it away and she connects finally. She hits it and it falls to the ground. And then it just, with utmost purpose, reorients itself back west and then just marches towards the line of night errant guards. And yeah, is making its way towards them. And because I did so well with my role, can I adjust the um, bugs kind of goo velocity to high? There is not a viscosity setting. Is there any setting in there? So what are you looking for exactly? I just want to kind of like fuck up these night errant guards. <laughs> okay, well, so these things are actually relatively simple. I mean, they're a wonder of material engineering. They're like inflated textile ceramic balloons operating on internal hydraulics. Really neat little things. Uh, but they're actually computationally fairly simple. They find people, run around them, and cover them in slime, which hardens into this sort of like web-like stuff, you know, and lays them down. There is, of course, uh, you know, obviously you don't want them to target you so they are instructed to stay a certain number of feet away from a certain transponder signal uh you know so there are they have been programmed with no-go zones which are attached to certain transponders which are very very simple radio devices 
So here's some things you can do. Number one, you can tell this thing to essentially go nuts and just excrete everything in one explosive blast, wherever it is. <laughs> or you can turn off the transponder stuff so that it does not know who or who not to web up. Or change the protocol to, to attack the people with transponders. Like, use that as a... As a yeah, what yeah. if you could just flip that transponder from a no-go to a must-see? Yeah, give to me, a really me. hot. That <laughs> transponder is hot, sexy. I don't want it. That's what I want to do to this thing. It's acquiring consent. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes, you can definitely turn it so that its go zone is the transponder and switch those two zones out. Yes. And that is what Lash does. And she kind of nudges it towards the back line uh, that the people are trying to push through. Sure. Okay. So yeah, it you see it scuttle, scurry um, into the group of people like by their feet, and you can watch it sort of navigate, and then it disappears for a second, and you don't see anything happen for the moment, but you have utmost confidence it knows what to do. Everybody hears a loud foo. There is a column of fire that erupts from the tops of one of the trees. Whether it was. Uh, some of the electronics in TK's arm. Uh, maybe it was a spark made by the axe as it was pushing up against the outside container uh, of the torch. You just see this, you know, it's not gigantic, but it's a surprisingly large a jet of fire that erupts straight up into the air in one of the crevasses of this tree. One of the, is that a crevasse crotch? Like the crotch of this tree. And a couple things happen. Um, the tree is now on fire. Uh, and and it's this, again, I think we mentioned this last time, like these trees are old and huge. They're giant. They were actually brought in from somewhere else uh, and then replanted here in Bryant Park. So they're really huge. Like even though the part of the tree that's on fire is maybe like 30, 35 feet in the air, there's still like most of the tree left to go. Uh, it's very tall and some of the branches are burning. TK, I think like at the very least you lose your eyebrows. Um, <laughs> Uh, That's generous. Yeah. I'm going to say roll reaction to see if you can hold on to the tree and beat four. No hits. TK, TK, you <laughs> lose your grip on the tree. Oh, shit. And you fall from the height that you are at, which, if I remember correctly, we established as being pretty high, but not, like, extremely high. I'm going to say that you take six physical damage. Oof. You thump onto the ground around a group of people, and it's going to take you a second to stand up. When the foom happens, like people scream. People are terrified and scared. They don't know what it is. I think a lot of people don't know whether or not this is part of the Night Errant thing, part of the Evo thing, like what. Then a dude who's like, I think maybe clearly a Shadowrunner, falls from the sky where the foom happened, and people just like give it wide berth. The tree starts making a creaking sound, like creaking and popping and hissing as more and more of it catches on fire.
Calling all tremulance blooders, shudsas, and banshees, do you want to travel the void? See distant alien civilizations not heard from since the tech quake, and strong on them into one-sided trade deals on behalf of a mysterious intergalactic company of unknown origin and purpose? Do you fear the directorate more than respect them? But hey, what's the difference? Well, have we got good news for you. The Still Fleet Core Rulebook, containing precious co-guidelines for all available positions. That's Banshee, that's Peer, that's Factor Witness. There are even a few positions open for the right snakehead, but you didn't hear that from me, chum. The Still Fleet Core Rulebook will be available for pre-order August 1st via Kickstarter. Link in the show notes. See the void, consume many unknown substances, swim in a sea of archaic and make new friends who may try to eat, melt, read, steal, or unravel your mind. August 1st on Kickstarter. The Still Fleet Core Rulebook, finally in your dirty, grubby, mitts, flippers, claws, suckers, cilia, or actuators. The Core Rulebook contains all necessary forms for compliant application, save form 76AQV-3, required to authorize new creatures on the time traveling war machines, and 90 p p p p p p p p p p p p p p p p p p p p p p p p p p p p p p p p p p p p p p p p p p p p Taylor, what's Knight Errant up to right now? The Knight Errant peace agents do not even, obviously they trust this robot running around, so they don't, they're not gonna try and stop it. There's like a dozen of these little robots running around. Okay, so uh, Knight Errant is now going to launch another volley of beanbags. I'd say like every other peace agent, their gun just sort of spins around, you know, in, in like a larger barrel sort of forms, and you hear a thump, uh, and, <laughs> I don't think, because none of you are on the exterior of the scrum, I don't think any of you are in danger from it. However, Mike, I do think this would cause the crowd to crush inward, as this is what actually happens. A lot of people in protest are hurt, not by the police, but by uh, the crowd who's being terrorized by the peace agents. And so I think that the crowd is going to crush inward. I think uh, Viv and Lux, it gets a little bit harder for you to make your way towards the Banshell, even sort of uh, coated in krill, because the people who are the closest to you who can see this, they're not necessarily choosing to get in your way. Uh, They're Mm. just being pushed around um, and, you know, from behind as some people want to escape and hide. Uh, You're actually starting to see now people are breaking into some of the little kiosks that are around and cowering inside of them and uh, just sort of like maybe waiting for things to blow over. Uh, You're trying to see more people like now bargain with uh, some of the knight errant guards to the southern border being like, listen, I don't know what's going on here. I was just here reading. Um, Can you let me go? Like, I'm not supposed to be here. No one is letting them through. And yeah, but the people who want to confront Knight Errant directly, they're continuing to push in this big group that you're in the middle of. Uh, Viv kind of wipes a hand downward so that both of their faces are a little bit more exposed now. And it's kind of like like an automated window going down (laughs) that's alive. (laughs) She's like, sorry about that. Um, Lux can see now, and he looks at Viv like, "Is is this?" He doesn't. He can't say anything. He's just like, "Is this supposed to be happening?" That's what he's kind of saying with his eyes. The sound of the tree that's on fire is louder and louder. This is now like a roaring fire in the top part of this massive ancient tree, and the hissing and the creaking noises are getting louder and louder. Like it's starting to reach a level of like, like a little scary. Flash, when she sees the tree go on fire, right after she kind of bugs this bug drone, immediately, without really thinking, starts sprinting over 
to the tree because she knows that's where TK was. Is she there yet? Yeah, it takes you. It's very fast for you to get there. It's You're just one side of the band shell to the other. She runs 40 miles an hour. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I really yeah, this is, this is uh, not even a boat length. So. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And she's kind of instinctually going to pick up TK and, like, run him towards, like, more inside the crowd. TK, TK, you okay? <laughs> <coughs> no. Oh, Jesus. I mean, that was a distraction, but it didn't really make anyone just distracted at all. Yeah, uh... Just put me by. Put me by one of the, the fucking carts. I, I need to. I need to go. Yeah, parts of TK's hair are definitely were recently on fire. You can tell. <laughs> <laughs> um, and she runs the by the carts. You mean the kiosks? Yes. And she she runs towards the closest kiosk. So there's a lot of different shops around, and a lot of them are Seder Krupp themed. Seder Krupp has a lot of sub-brands, uh, like, you know, Seder Krupp owns BMW. Uh, Seder Krupp owns the world's largest manufacturer of uh, satellites. Uh, Seder Krupp owns the world's largest uh, manufacturer of uh, large-scale uh, heavy machinery for construction. The CEO of Seder Krupp is also the Great Western Dragon Lafweer, oh. who normally takes the, the form of this, like, tall, broad, angular man with long white hair that's pulled back into a ponytail. And one of the kiosks is just full of Lafweir like paraphernalia, like shirts with his face on it, patches, wigs that you can wear with his hair, like buttons, t-shirts, all of this stuff, uh, like uh, copies of his suit that you can wear. The closest one to you is this like Lafweir knickknacks, essentially gift shop. Uh, that you could, yeah, just elbow through one of the windows and, and hide in there. Yeah, and I do want to note when Lash picks up TK, she does throw him over her shoulder. You do the fireman <laughs> carry? Yeah. <laughs> nice. And she feels a little cool doing it. As you pick TK up from the distance, you hear what I could only describe as the grossest, largest, wettest end of a ketchup bottle go off. Uh, and if you turn around, there is a knight errant guard that is just covered head to toe in what looks like almost like an endless amount of Elmer's glue. Uh, <laughs> and there is a small robot with a bunch of legs scuttling around, splooging goop all over him like nonstop. <laughs> and this was, this is at the end of the line. This yeah, is... that's, uh, it's finally made its way. Uh, Taylor, I don't know if you want to add any flavor to what this guy is saying <laughs> or doing. He uh, he's not gets- saying anything, Mike, because his mouth is full of the goo. He is stunned. <laughs> however, however, the two peace agents adjacent to this person are noticing this and are distracted and horrified. This was not supposed to happen. So after our Lash picks TK up, TK says, get, get me to the kiosk. She sees this horrifying branded kiosk nearby, and she goes and she... When she gets there, she actually uses her elbow to elbow through the glass display case that had one of the wigs. So she throws her elbow through. Sure, there's like a clear wall with a bunch of glass shelves in it on one side that you just, instead of, yeah, because these things don't have doors in them. As you're putting your elbow through, you are moving slightly further south from the tree that's on fire. And it now makes a very loud cracking noise as the top half of the tree breaks in half from being on fire 
and starts to very slowly topple over. <gasps> you hear the whoosh of fire, the creaking of huge ancient pieces of wood. This, again, another foom as it travels through the air and lands directly on top of a helicopter. Oh. Ah! There is the sound of wood crunching metal, the blades coming to a stop, more people screaming, uh, some of them definitely screaming in pain, though if you are hiding inside the kiosk, you can't exactly see what's going on. You appear to have accomplished your original goal, but at what cost? Uh... <laughs> TK pumps his fist, but it's it's real slow. Um, yeah, he, your shoulder really hurts when you do it. He's gonna <clears throat> he's gonna thank Lash. Lash, <clears throat> thanks. Much nice. obliged. And he's gonna use heal on himself. Just one spell, <laughs> one hit. Fuck. Not your rolling day. Okay. I don't know what that does. So I got one one health back. Great. Nice. You get one back. Yeah, but I can't get healed magically anymore. So I don't know if that's what, at what cost. You know. <laughs> Shit. Yep. Yeah, so TK, you know, he, he he flips over onto his stomach and, like, hits himself in the chest, coughs a couple times, and then he's going to start rooting around on the floor looking for a trapdoor. What are Viv and Lux doing? Um, how far away are they from the stage? Uh, I'm going to say you're there. Uh, you can oh, either great. Uh, try to vault yourself up onto it from right in front of it, or you can go to the sides and walk up the stairs, however you want to do it. You get there. No need. Um, Viv says, uh, watch my back. To Lux, and Lux um, just nods. <laughs> is there anyone approaching the stage that's an Evo person? I think no, not in your immediate vicinity, and not in like you're kind of in the middle of the crowd. Mm. Uh, and I think that like any of the Evo personnel that are there to cart people away into the helicopters have now heard a big explosion, probably figured that it was part of their helicopter, and so are going to look at that and see what's going on. And I think what you probably have noticed up until this point is that they're not doing much aggressing. They're kind of like waiting for people to get into a state somehow where they can be easily carted off. So they're not really getting in anyone's face. They're waiting for people to um, be uh, subdued, let's say. Are any of them within sight for Viv? Uh, yeah, I'm going to say there's probably like two that are over in the direction of the tree that just cracked in half. Uh, maybe they're 50, 75 feet away. All right. All of the krill that has been coating Lux and Viv start to coalesce and um, run down her arm. They're all sort of draining away from both of their bodies and gathering into sort of a large spherical fist on her right hand. And she reaches out and uses a service called Movement to send the krill ball toward one of those Evo agents. Yeah, the two Evo agents are standing, you know, looking at their helicopter. And if you were over there, you would hear one of them talking to the other one being like, um, I thought they said this was just going to be like a standard pickup. <laughs> um, did you did you know that there that there were going to be like protesters and a tree on fire? Um, once the ball of krill reaches one of the targets, Viv spends the last service, which is engulf. The other guy isn't saying anything because he's looking towards the group of people and he sees a line of spectral krill approaching. <laughs> mm-hmm. And the first guy is like, um, Harry? <laughs> Harry? And Harry's just what? like, what? what is that, do you think? <laughs> <laughs> Looks like a fist. 
Um, this is also. That was like the beach when I was a kid. <laughs> Harry, what are you talking about, man? What the f what the fuck is that? Upon impact, you hear sloshing and uncomfortable gurgling as it settles into the crevices of the uniform, and it just envelops one of them. So yeah, this line of spectral krill collides with this dude as he's talking to his friend about whether or not he knew this was going to be this kind of medical pickup and a bunch of krill just like envelop him and, you know, f like fill his suit and it kind of starts to get a little billowy and it starts to expand and it's pushing against the seams and you can hear him kind of go like, as it like pushes against his body uh, and kind of starts to like, you know, squish him a little bit from all of the pressure. Uh, it's like he's wearing a compression suit, but it's full of magic bugs. <laughs> okay, Lux, you can head over to that guy and take his suit. You should <laughs> offer, offer to help him and I will dismiss the krill. You hear projected out over the crowd, by creating trauma, you have forfeited the right to negotiated consent. Thank you for giving us your full consent. And then the guns, all the, the weird sort of modular guns from all the peace agents spin again. And this time it's sleeker, longer. And you can see nodes racked up in a row on top. They lift their sidearms with two hands. Automatic fire begins to pierce the crowd. Oh no. You see people hit and you hear them scream as electricity arcs <gasps> from the projectile into their body. Many of them go down. <gasps> Lux, now! Uh, Lux just starts running. He doesn't have very long to run, but as he's running, he's thinking, I need to explain to Viv what I need <laughs> when I need someone's uniform. I need them alone. I need them by us, hidden, so that we, I can easily you know, make sure that the other person thinks I'm them. Just me helping somebody in, in, swollen with krill does nothing uh, for that purpose. Uh, but Lux is, is not thinking anymore. Um, I think what you're describing is sort of like taser type rounds, but Lux doesn't think that's what it is. Lux is just thinking these people are just getting shot. So he's just, he's surrounded by murder and he just goes and he just uh, tackles, yeah. The second guy is still flummoxed. Yeah. Like, looking at this like, what is I, not only did I not sign on for this, I didn't sign on for this. Whatever this is, I did not. And the other guy's like, get it off, get it off, get it off. Lux yells at the guy without the krill, get out of here or the krill are gonna get you. The guy says, okay, and then leaves. And then Lux says, I can help you take your suit off. And he's talking to the guy um, with, the, with the krill. He's useless. He's just like, he is just he like- He starts helping oh. him take his suit off. As the Krill are starting to eat him, Lux is just taking pieces of his suit off. The Krill are kind of lubricating it and helping him do that. Do I need to roll to help him get his suit no, off? No, it's fine. It's just going to take you a second. Okay, that's fine. As you're doing it, the announcement from Knight Errant seems to have triggered a kind of response from the Metro Health first responders. And whoever went to go investigate what was happening with the helicopter, which you can now see in pure, like, plain view, now that you're uh, on the other side around the corner of the band shell, you can see that... This helicopter has just been, like, crushed right down the middle. It's like, it's a taco, the tortilla is the helicopter, yep. and oh. the filling is a giant tree. 
and um, you can smell gasoline. There's still a little bit of fire. The tree is still on fire, um, and you can tell that people are standing around, moving very hastily, trying to figure out how to do something, how to stop this, how to fix it, how to make sure that there's maybe no explosion in a minute. But the people who are not working on that, when they hear this knight errant thing about, you know, you have now, thank you, for giving full consent, they start running back towards the front of the crowd, and many of them have those little hand carts. And I think now, from this vantage point, a little bit closer, uh, you can also see where in the second, or however you count it, the first, the other uh, helicopter in these like stand-up stretchers that are kind of like they're standing up, they're tilted back at maybe a 70 degree angle and they are just restrained in those <gasps> things. You can see their hands uh, are in leather cuffs on their sides. Uh, some of them have masks down over their heads. Uh, their feet are sunk into the floor. It looks like there's like foot restraints or something that they're in. And you see maybe a dozen, dozen and a half people and there are plenty more spots for more people in the remaining helicopter. They could still fit a number of people if they want to. TK, you are pawing around at the ground trying to find confirmation of the rumor that you've heard. And you find a control panel. You find a hatch, uh, like a, a metal door uh, that clearly has uh, like a ring around it that opens somehow. And underneath the counter, uh, sort of where the cash register is, you find a little keypad uh, that has a bunch of numbers on it and the company name uh, on the keypad is the same as the company name on the door in the ground and that company name is of course Tater Crow. Can TK immediately tell which numbers have been used more on the keypad? Ooh, good one. Roll logic. Nice. Can I teamwork test it with him? Sure. Yes. I'm going to give you I got two hits. Add two Good dice night. to your dice pool. Two hits. Um, it's pretty dark in here at the moment, and you can't see. Uh, like, you can tell that there's a keypad, and you can see it, but you can't really see with detail, like, whether or not one of the buttons is uh, smudgier or dirtier than any of the others. is frustrated, so he's going to take out his axe and hit the control panel. Uh, roll strength. One hit. You hit it, it sparks, um, and... TK pulls out the Ares Crusader 2 machine pistol that he has in his uh, inventory and aims it at the control panel. <laughs> and, and as he does that, he's, he Lash goes, TK, we're in a enclosed space. I don't think you should do that. Do you want to fire it? TK puts away the pistol. <laughs> <laughs> TK is going to attempt to hack it now. He's just going to brute force it. Need teamwork to test that? Lash, turn on a flashlight. Lash is like, I don't have a flashlight. <laughs> uh, but she's looking around the kiosk for a light. Uh, so Lockwear uh, has a cane. Uh, he walks with a cane. Like, he doesn't need it, but it looks really cool. And uh, there is a, a copy of his cane, uh, which uh, famously at uh, certain events, uh, he uses magic to make glow. Because, you know, everything he has is like bright white and striking gray, including this cane that's made of stone. You can get a version of it in the souvenir shop. It's basically like, you know, like a lightsaber. It's a bunch of LEDs inside of a thing. And there's one right there. The Lash grabs that and a wig and uh, goes over to TK with the light. Uh, if it's on, yeah, you can see the only button that has finger smudges on it is nine. <laughs> TK presses that button four times. 
you shock yourself a couple times because <laughs> the thing is like uh, you know damaged, but you haven't completely destroyed it, and you hear the door underneath your feet chunk open. Nice. Uh, TK hits it again with the axe. Now you definitely electrocute yourself. Take two. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> The, the kiosk thinks, point made, dude. <laughs> nice hack, TK. Yeah, sometimes the best hacking is just turning on a flashlight. I don't f- fucking know. Uh, and he goes down. He's going down down the hole. Flash follows. Lux, you are successful and you are able to get a suit off of this man. What do you do next? Uh, Lux starts running towards the uh, helicopter to... Uh get in. You want to go into the one that is still operational, still full of people. Yes, he's <laughs> he's going in there just to take a look around. He's going to uh, grab the cart that, you know, is with uh, I, I guess it would be like the, either the um, stretcher that is with the guy that whose suit he's taken, who I ho- assume is being attacked by Krill right now. Yes. Or, um, or the rolling stretcher type thing, and he moves it over towards the, the helicopter to take a peek inside. You run towards the helicopter, and there's a bunch of people coming and going, putting people into these stretchers, into these, you know, these gurneys or whatever you want to call them that are uh, standing up inside this helicopter. Taylor, you want to say something, or should I keep going? Yeah. You see, the problem is, is that uh, if you're a peace agent and you're there on a mission to round up as many protesters and get them in the medvacs, you know, to pilot your new program, um, you don't want your scuttlebugs attacking the first responder guys from the ambulance so of course they were also given the no no go zone transponders yep. which you are now wearing which your <laughs> friend has turned into yes please transponders mm-hmm. and so you feel around your ankle this no. it's, it's very much like a human hand like a soft <laughs> a soft scuttling like someone taking their what hand and running running it, running it up the back Wait, of your there's leg no ro- universe there's no role here this is just the only guy <laughs> In the team who's put this on. You have hundreds of agents. You have yeah. all of the Evo people. Yeah. I'm the one who got the one spider device. It's attacking me now. It finished? Okay, fine. That's fine. <laughs> no, I'm just, I, I think I'm, I'm also, I'm just pointing out the odds here. If it's I'll, that's what's happening, that's I think fine. it's fun. That is fine. And I think I'm gonna, we should do I'm gonna it. Roll. I'm going to roll. But I think, yeah, I'm curious. Two, I'm going to roll two D20. Okay. If I get two prime numbers... Okay. Yeah, I just uh, think like it was all the way at the other corner, you know. Uh, like it, just no, roll it, Taylor. Yeah, I, two I wanna, prime I numbers. I want to see the roll. Two, Love prime, two numbers. prime numbers. You, you see the scuttlebug take uh-huh. down a guy next to you, and you <laughs> think, what are the chances it would hit a guy so close to me? <laughs> this is perfect though, because then Lux can can try to get this guy onto his stretcher, and it makes it look like he's doing his job more. Um, so he's uh, he starts uh, getting this guy on the stretcher. You put another member of the Metro Health Corps on your stretcher, on your hand truck, and you start bringing him towards the remaining helicopter. Uh, the tree that fell on top of the helicopter is still on fire, and it is still raining. Um, it is not pouring, but there's like there's definitely it's getting slippery, and um, it the fire is large enough that like it's gonna keep raging, and uh, it doesn't look like it's going out anytime soon. Um, in the dispatch of this little mission, you get a little bit closer than I think you have been previous to the destroyed helicopter, which the heat from the fire is 
intense. You can really feel it on your face. It's that experience of like, you can feel this fire drawing moisture out of the surface uh, of your skin. And you smell very strongly the smell of gasoline and spilling oil. And you hear people around you sort of talking frantically about what they have to do. You maybe hear the phrase clean up crew. Uh, you maybe hear the word mitigation. Like people are uh, really concerned about what's going on, but you are focused on other things. You take this guy in your handcart over to the other uh, helicopter and there is essentially like an officer who is waiting at the cargo entry for the helicopter on the side of it. You can see that uh, he's got little red stars on his shoulder where most of the other Metro Health Corps do not. And he looks at you and he says, Cadet, what's your business with one of your own? What happened here? This is one of our guys, sir. He remembers how they talk. This is one of our guys, sir. I, I need a snips. Um, and he's, uh, he's, uh, gonna, he's, he's saying he's going to get scissors. Um, snips is what the medical professionals use for some types of scissors um, to cut this guy loose to get him back working. You said one of the scuttlebugs did this? Yeah. They, this always happens. These fucking night errant hotshots, they say that we are going to be safe. They say that everything has gone through multiple rounds of testing. And then what happens? One of ours gets gooped. Fine. They're in the kit over there. And he points to a side, uh, the side of the inside of the helicopter, where there's uh, clearly like a bunch of instruments um, all along one wall. Uh, Lux brings this guy in and he uh, grabs the uh, tool. Um, he does do a little test to see if the snip works, um, but he's going to pretend to struggle with this for a while. So, uh, A, my first question is, do, do the snips cut through this stuff easily? No. No? Okay, good. So he doesn't have to pretend he's going to struggle with cutting this guy out. He's like, don't worry, don't worry, I'm, I'm going to get you out of there, okay? And he's just saying stuff like that and uh, trying to cut this guy out. He's inside the helicopter right now. It's like using nail clippers to try to cut through that reinforced packing tape with the net in it. Uh, oh, yeah. Yeah. Back out front, the group of people who wanted to confront the night errant guards have now done that. They are fully engaged in like effectively hand-to-hand combat with these guys who are, I mean, it is now a full-on like civilians versus police force scrum that is happening. And I think Viv is probably the closest to it, but is not in it. She's at the front of the stage, um, keeping an eye on the the guy on the ground who still has Krill on him. Uh, What is he saying or doing at this moment? That man is running around warning everyone that they have to leave because there is mutant ghost krill. Awesome. <laughs> like he is running to all of his colleagues and being like, we have to leave. We have to get out of here. I don't know what's here, but there are mutant ghost krill all over Bryant Park and they <laughs> will get, and he's naked. Yeah. <laughs> uh, well, I mean, he's wearing underwear. Uh, he's, you know, he's got, he was wearing white boxers, standard issue, uh, st- red piping on the side still. And it's like, since it's all wet and slippery, he's just like slipping and sliding around and stopping anyone who he can get a hold of. And But yeah, he's like running and like everybody's like, dude, Frank, I have other things to worry about. What the fuck are you talking about? Viv just says quietly, that's quite enough. And all the krill rush up his body and uh, coalesce around his head for one final just squishy goodbye before they just evaporate as she dismisses them. My dude faints. <laughs> just stops for a second. As soon as the krill dissipates, he just goes wide-eyed and I think just like lays down. Perfect. Uh, Viv calms the rest of the group. Where are you? What can I do? Lux comes to the rest of them. I'm in the copter. 
don't worry about me. I'll find a way back. And um, that's all he says. TK just sends a picture of the underground. <laughs> Great. Uh, when TK sends that, Lash also says, go to the Lofir kiosk. Okay. And Viv uncharacteristically cowers and starts to make her way there. So, what an old lady. <laughs> you please punch a guy with glasses, would you? Please. <laughs> be gentle. I wasn't supposed to be here. And she slowly tries to get toward the kiosk. As the front line of the protesters finally begin to fully engage in melee with the night errant peace agents, the tone shifts and you hear some sounds you haven't heard before. As the protesters run up and get closer, you hear many of the night errant peace agents say, many of your possessions could reasonably be perceived as weapons. And then in one motion, they flick their arms out and a large and thick baton snaps from its hiding place along their wrist gauntlet and they bring it across the faces of the protesters closest to them. You hear the sound of metal slamming into meat and bone and you see the pink spray of blood like a car exhaust come from the side of their faces. You hear a combination of screams of pain and more of the chants that you heard from earlier in the afternoon. People at the back of the crowd shouting, whose city? Our city. Whose city? Our city. And then just people getting hurt. TK sends an image, sends a picture of the underground. Looking straight down into this thing, you see a ladder. Uh, There's a very simple short, maybe like six foot ladder, barely taller than, you know, like a uh, average human. And uh, you squeeze down, you go down. When you get down there, the lights turn on. You're in a long, skinny hallway um, and you see uh, multiple of these ladders down this hallway. And it's very industrial down here. There's a lot of dark black metal. There's a lot of storage on the sides of this hallway. Uh, There are shelves and it's all filled with product. Uh, If you look further down, you think like the lights down there aren't yet turned on, but you're pretty sure you see like cooking facility of some kind or what might be like like a stove hood or something. And you think that you remember that a couple kiosks down, there was that that like salmon chain uh, that makes the weird soy fish, fast food. You're like, oh, I guess maybe they have their kitchen down here because they can't have it in the kiosk itself. And yeah, you see a couple different uh, hallways break off in different directions. You presume towards other kiosks that are in Bryant Park. And yeah, you see uh, some electronics, some wires, but yeah, that's sort of what's down there. Cool. Well, uh, TK sprints in the direction of the kiosks near the helicopters. Okay, yeah, so you would go uh, straight forward a little bit, and then you would probably take the first hallway that goes to your left. And as you do this, uh, you are just racing around this network, this grid of hallways underneath Bryant Park. And as you do this, the lights flick on. Uh, There's like little clicks. You hear them uh, as you go, and the lights lighting up in front of you. Uh, Is Lash following? Lash is following, and she is, uh, she comes uh, Viv, follow the lights. Okay. Viv, you get to the Lafware kiosk and uh, you uh, go uh, into it and you see the little hatch that's open and you uh, you look down and there's uh, a light coming from underneath it and a uh, ladder that goes down. Uh, she heads in and closes the hatch. Okay, you head in, you close the hatch and you, yeah, you, I think you're there just in time as the lights turn off. You can see the pathway that TK made. Viv follows the light pattern. 
TK obviously has a, an idea of where he's going. So as they're running, Lash is yelling up at TK, who can surprisingly run pretty fast, even though he's pretty hurt. He's got that adrenaline hit. I said, and he she yells, "Where are we going? What's the plan? What's the plan?" I'm. We're gonna meet Lux. Oh, okay. <laughs> what did you think I was just running? Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> what do you mean? What do you mean to meet up with Lux? He said to leave him alone. Nice, Viv. Great. Stamina. You are running fast. You have been training, haven't you? She is still 20 feet behind you, but <laughs> over the calm, you hear it. And Lash starts running, like, towards her and kind of is running with, beside her, like, great job. You're, you're keeping up great. <sighs> Why are we going toward Lux? You hear a clank from behind you. Oh, shit. Vibs tries to run faster. I think we're being followed. You are. And what that clank was was a stink grenade. And you hear it, that gassy explosion. <laughs> behind you, the tunnel begins to fill with a noxious <sighs> smell like dead, rotting flesh. Ooh. And then, Viv, you hear in the same place, thunk, thunk. That crystal clear sound of plastisteel boots landing on industrial infrastructure metal, and then footsteps. Someone in armor is back in the stink. And from behind you, you feel the chest mounted PA begin to fill the space with reverberant voice as it says Visitor, you are invited to return to the well being and mindfulness zone. By not returning to the well being and mindfulness zone, you consent to acquisition. leaving fun city thanks for listening if you want to support the show and get access to our bonus chat show fun chatty our discord full of very smart and very friendly nerds our mork borg side games and more head on over to patreon.com forward slash fun city ventures and of course thanks to all of our current patrons for help keeping this ship afloat Hi, I'm Bijan Steven, and you can find me online at Bijan Steven, B-I-J-A-N-S-T-E-P-H-E-N, on Twitter and Twitch. On Instagram, I'm Bijan Cakes, B-I-J-A-N Cakes. I'm Jen De La Vega. I play Vivian Lakewood, and you can find me online at Randwitches. Hey, this is Nick Gersio. I play Lux Scythe, and you can find me online at N Gersio, G-U-E-R-C-I-O, on Instagram, and at Nicholas Gersio on Twitter. I'm Shannon O'Dell. I play Lash Goodbog, and you can find me on social media at Shodell, at S-H-O-D-E-L-L. I am Taylor Moore, and I play all the bad guys, I think. Is that how it works? It's not clear. You can follow me online at taylor.biz. And my name is Mike Rugnetta. I am your GM. You can find me on Twitter, Instagram, Twitch, and YouTube at Mike Rugnetta. 
You can find the show on Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok at Fun City Ventures. This episode of Fun City was recorded at various locations around Brooklyn, New York, and Los Angeles, California. It was edited by Sam Grant, produced and sound designed by me, Mike Rignetta. Pixel Riffs was assured the Scutterbugs had gone through several rounds of rigorous field tests. Fun City's music is by Sam Tyndall, with tracks by Will Savino. Our art is by Tess Stone. Our Discord mods are Olivia Gulen, Kelly McHugh, and Kit Pulliam. And the voice of Artemis is Molly Templeton. <laughs>